This is the Gear Patrol Podcast. In this episode, we begin with a discussion of the all-new $99 Ear One noise-canceling earbuds by the brand Nothing. Then we pick apart the concept of car companies charging customers subscription fees to activate equipment that's already installed on their cars. Lastly, Airstream and Pottery Barn have collaborated on a very pretty, very expensive 28-foot trailer, and we debate its merits. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll subscribe and shoot us a five-star review. I'm Nick Caruso, and I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. All right, friends and colleagues, it's here again. The news never stops, keeps going, and we're going to discuss it. Uh, and friends uh, we have on board, Will Price, first time on the group pod, the roundtable. How's it feel? Um, I feel great. I'm excited. I big shoe actually. Well, knowing Henry, not really the biggest shoes to fill, um, but uh, I will fill them nonetheless. Is, it, is that a dig at Henry's knowledge base or his shoe size? His shoe size, actually. Tall guy, small shoe size. Interesting. Let's move uh, on. It's not my best joke. It's fair. Mine either. JD, always a pleasure, of course. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, glad to be here again. Um, I actually have an update uh, on something we talked about in the podcast last week. Um, folks at Stone reached out and, and helped us clarify. Uh, you know, last week I said that Stone was fined by the TTB for trade practice violations. That is not true. Uh, Stone paid the TTB for tax violations, just some mistakes they made in their filings. So a distinction with a difference. Wanted to call that out and kind of apologize there. Um, but for those listeners who hadn't, uh, caught the updated version of the pod. And there you go. Yeah, everybody who started immediately uh, boycotting Stone Brewing for its tax, because they're they're like tax law nerds. You can call off the dogs. Uh, exactly. Cool. Good. Well, we're all that's that's we were talking about their hard seltzer. I'm still eager to try it, so it didn't change my mind. Um, in terms of this week's. Ooh. A little New York there. Hmm. Uh, little New York horns. Okay, let's get into stories. Yet, which is a great news. <laughs> it's always good. Okay, let's get into it. We've got three stories uh, as usual. So uh, we're going to start with this one. It's a product announcement. Uh, it's been splattered all over the web this week, uh, particularly, of course, in tech and audiophile circles. The company, nothing which says it is a, quote, company removing the barriers between people and technology to create a seamless digital future, unquote, kind of a general description, <laughs> generic description, has just revealed uh, its $99 true wireless earbuds. They are called Ear One, and that's the word ear and the numeral one inside parentheses. Uh, the specs seem promising. They're made of transparent plastic, they have a 34-hour battery life or 24 hours with noise canceling on. Uh, there's a microphone for taking calls, a charging battery case, gesture controls, companion app. JD, we were talking about these uh, last night, a little bit this morning. It's obviously a very familiar formula, and kind of the benchmark is, of course, Apple AirPods. Do you think these put up a big enough fight to matter, or they will when, when we get our hands on them? You know, when I first saw a lot of the hype around this on the web, and it really has been everywhere <laughs> for a while, yeah. the people 
behind this company, you just have a, a very good bead on, on how to do the right kind of promotion online. So sure. got to give them props for that. Um, you know, my, my initial reaction was like pretty skeptical. Like it's, it's like quite a big swing to, to try and be like, all right, let's, let's be competitive with like Apple, right? That's, you got to have some real faith in yourself there. Um, and you know, I think there's, there's reason enough that, that the company kind of, uh, has that kind of level of confidence. Um, you know, I think the, one of the co-founders here, the founders of, of, of nothing is, is Carl Pye. Um, so those of you familiar with kind of, uh, consumer technology, um, like, relatively intimately know that's the, the co-founder of OnePlus, which is kind of a, a, a disruptive um, smartphone company um, that you know, he, he ended up leaving that company, um, I think in the past year or so. Um, but has since teamed up with uh, Teenage Engineering. Uh, it's a Swedish company that does synths, um, like very popular synths that are very cool and like well-designed. Um, and you know has, has found a good deal of, of backing. Um, you know some some of those include like Casey Neistat, Neistat, the kind of popular yeah. vlogger. Um, and yeah, they've they've come out with this this very hyped um, kind of affordable end of the spectrum in terms of wireless um, uh, kind of earphones, uh, kind of pods. And and honestly, they look really cool. I I think and and, and that seems to be what the real selling point is is that like. These things, they don't, they have a 24 hour, um, charge with the case, but they have a four hour charge kind of by themselves. Oh, um, yeah, they're very light. They weigh like about 4.7 grams. Um, they have a relatively like decent feature set. They're IPX4 water resistant. Um, you know, they have, they have like app controls, Bluetooth 5.2 gesture controls, um, and active noise canceling, um, you know, among, among other things. So they have this whole thing going for them. Um, and you know, I think the more I was looking into it, the more I started wondering to myself, like, you know, are these, the, the differentiating factor is the price on one hand. And then secondly, it's, it's just the look. And yeah. that actually seems to make a difference. If like if you're walking around with earbuds in all the time, like if you have something that maybe strikes your fancy more, at, like based on the look, then like a hundred dollars doesn't seem like a crazy leap. Um, that may sound like decadent <laughs> of me to say, but like, um, at what point is wearable tech just kind of in the same category of like accessories, um, yeah. like necklaces or earrings or anything like that? Um, and so. I don't know. I, I guess that's just kind of the question I have. And, and I think that the, the answer might be yes, but I'd be curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. I've got plenty. I'm, I'm going to defer to, to Will Price because I'm a gracious host to a first time guest. That's really kind of you. Um, yeah, the look is kind of like very, uh, I think it, 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 you know, at first you look at it and you're like, you know, it's kind of got that transparent uh, thing going on. You can see all like little components. It reminds me of the, like I had a backpack like that. <laughs> when, I was, when I was in like the 10th grade, you know, and, yeah. but, but in between the 10th grade, um, when I was exceptionally uncool and now remaining uncool, there's sort of something like Virgil Abloh and Tom Sachs and other designers. And yeah. I'm sure there's many more have come out with, um, various products that are see-through and, and, uh, transparent. And that is now definitively, I think we can say, uh, cool. Um, but beyond that, and like what is just like in the zeitgeist, I do think they they look pretty good, and they also look different enough from uh, a pair of uh, 
significantly different enough from a pair of AirPods or, or Jaybirds or whatever other, you know, kind of popular brands are out there that they don't feel like they're trying to be like fake AirPods, you know, which is so, which, which for the first, uh, you know, year, a couple years, maybe after the release of the AirPods, that that's really all that was on the market, right? It was just like other white or slightly off-white headphones that sit in your ears and kind of like, I paid, you know, one fourth the price and they kind of work sort of thing. Um, so I, I think it's cool. I, I think the idea of, I also think that like, you know, you, you kind of hinted at this JD that the specs, um, you know, they're okay, but they don't necessarily matter. I kind of agree with that, especially just with this, uh, like with this category in particular, like right now I'm wearing these big fat over ear headphones that have, you know, I look like I'm going to yeah, take, fly a C-130, like, at any moment, right? But, like, so, like, with these, these performance is really important to me, like, the fullness of sound, like, you know, running through, like, a preamp, like, all that kind of stuff. But when you're just thinking about the function of what a, what an in-ear, you know, wireless air, earbud or earbud, um, Fair, uh, fair enough. Ear pod, whatever, uh, is, you know, you're, you're on, you're moving around, you're on the go, you, that you are likely, you are more likely to do things like lose them or drop them or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and so for that, in that respect, it is more like, it's almost, this is almost like, um, I won't want, I don't want to call it the fast fashion to apples, you know, like uh, high, high design. Cause it's not a one-to-one comparison, but it's closer to that than, uh, I thought when you first kind of brought this up. Yeah, the looks really are, I mean, the, it's the looks and the price, like we've, we've mentioned. The looks are interesting to me um, almost as much as the price. I think the price actually wins out a little bit. They're 99 bucks, right? And somehow they've managed to make them $99, 99 pounds, and 99 euro. So depending where you are, you may get, sorry, and what the exchange rates are, you may get a little bit of a deal. <laughs> um but uh, I've had uh, cheap earbuds before. I've not had cheap noise canceling earbuds, but cheap earbuds, and they're usually cheap for a reason. They're usually cheap pretty... earbuds, though. No, I Sorry. no talented golden retrievers are are a price premium <laughs> across the board. <laughs> there you go. Um, but the look really is interesting to me. You know, the I've I've been loath to to even jump on the the AirPod train at all. I've never used AirPods. I've used AirPods Max, the over years, but I've never used the earbuds. Um, I think part of it was that I was just like, didn't want to conform and, you know, have the, the white, you know, little dongles in my ears, <laughs> these mind control devices. Um, but I like the looks of these. And for 99 bucks, I could see myself jumping on board, particularly if they do perform as well or pretty much as well as the airpods because it's actually the airpods pro these are compared to with the noise canceling those are 250 bucks uh two and a half times with these costs so i think you combine the the sort of like irobot kind of looks with the you know supremely affordable uh price and context and it's a pretty good product uh just depends how they actually work. I actually yeah. think it makes a lot of sense to like the, so like that you mentioned like the, the folks behind this, uh, or one of the big minds behind this is like a, from the one plus team who, who's kind of like a, uh, like a, I don't know, sort of builds themselves that company sort of builds itself as like a Titan killer makes like great pro Well, uh, really high performing products that are like relatively affordable. Right. Um, that is this, but the fact that they paired up with teenage engineering, which is if you, if you Google them, you'll see, they have a very specific aesthetic, mm -hmm. um, that is just very like, 
it sounds like what the name sounds like. It's cool, right? It's like it's got this like undeniably <laughs> it's an undeniable cool weird like kind of authentic factor to it. Um, that to me makes a lot makes a ton of sense because if if it had just been you know OnePlus Homie makes uh, Apple um, everyone's Max competitor. Um, I really think it could have just been like, oh, this is a, an affordable ANC earbud. They, they, you know, it wouldn't have the kind of like the drive. Like it wouldn't have people genuinely talking about it beyond just like, yeah, it's a good alternative to this popular product. You know, it's 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 kind of removes itself from the sleepy tech conversation and enters something more interesting, I think. Yeah, entirely. I mean, I think the thing that I'm going to be looking for in the coming like months is just, is this the beginning of a trend of not necessarily offering anything that's like technically that much like that competitive compared to like the higher end um, ends of things, but has a distinct enough look <clears throat> that it prompts people to be willing to keep their other pair of earbuds in the drawer and like get something that like looks cooler or is like more attractive. Um, that's that seems to be the kind of like big question that's looming in my mind. Another big question is like these are clear cased. So the, the case is clear. The, mm. the plastic is clear. I don't know about you guys, but like ear gunk in my, oh. in my like pods is like a real thing. And like, I, I think that it on the shelf, it looks really cool, but like, I don't know, like that, that might not be the most appealing looking thing. And, and then too, like I know clear plastic scratches and cracks and can be kind of unattractive. So I I'm, I'm going to be curious to read too, just, you know, how, how long the kind of attractiveness of a clear plastic really lasts uh, after purchase um, and just see what folks kind of like reviews are. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, to Will's, to Will's uh, reference to, of the, the backpack, when I was in, I, I want to say I was in middle school, maybe before that, I got, I don't remember what it was, it was like raffle or not raffle, like um, uh, fundraiser money, like you get points and stuff and you can spend it in the oh, silly geez. little chintzy store, oh, right? Oh my gosh, Super highlight cool. of my childhood. Yeah. I, bought, I remember saving up every point or dollar or whatever and I bought a clear corded phone, uh, like a, you know, like a touch oh, tone. Oh yeah, phone. yeah. You know, you could see everything in there. Um, it was so cool. Yeah, Game Boy Advance, there's another great example uh, in a lot of the Nintendo controllers. Um, I'm not suggesting that these are, this is a juvenile look, but I do think <laughs> to your point, JD, it is kind of like a, it comes and goes. It's very, very much a fad, right? This kind of gets old. That's why white, simple uh, AirPods still look as good as they did when they came out. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a very specific look and it may, yeah, it may wear on you. It's, it's a risk, but I mean, I was looking at the size of Apple's AirPod business. Apparently they make between 20 or 10 and $20 billion a year just off of the AirPods. So like, it's like, yeah, like this company's taking a risk, taking a swing at this, but like the potential upside is pretty big. <laughs> so yeah. I could, I could see why you're trying to make a splash and, and just, and just like really, really um, kind of make a statement there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my final thought on this is that I'm very interested and very well may pull the trigger. I have some like uh, Powerbeats Pro, you know, the things that like go around your ears and are really intense. These are a neat alternative to those for you know, yeah. more casual listening. Last bit of see-through tech. Do you guys ever have a see-through N64? Played on them. 
Yeah, I felt like an absolute king in my neighborhood growing up because I had a 64. Yeah, it was which color? The sorry, the, the clear color, or they yeah, had like a clear. teal or a purple? Yeah, no, it was clear. I wanted the purple, but um, apparently it wasn't available. It was a, it was a Christmas present, and uh, my dad isn't gonna sit around at the store for more than you know ten minutes, so he picked up the good one. I mean, that's fair. I've got an N64 mere feet from me right now. Well, wow. how do you feel about that? Uh, Super Smash Bros. on the menu. Nope. GoldenEye multiplayer all the way. Nothing <laughs> Nothing else matters. Sorry. Um, only odd job. No weapons. Slaps only. <laughs> Paintball. Um, okay. Well, we've, we've kind of covered that. I think it is a really intriguing product, and we'll be interested to see. We'll make sure the tech guys, I'm sure, will we'll get their hands on, ears on those uh, sometime soon. Next story is some automotive news, which I'm sure everyone listening is shocked to hear me talk about. Uh, but it's this uh, this time around uh, from both BMW and Tesla and a few other manufacturers, but specifically those two. Uh, and this, the main story is car feature subscriptions, subscriptions to the features on specific cars. So monthly charges to use features uh, on the car that you own. You own the car, then you subscribe to things on them. BMW wants you to subscribe to things like heated steering wheels and adaptive cruise control. Tesla is rolling out this subscription model for its quasi-automated driving technology, which has uh, perhaps unsurprisingly been met with uh, controversy and has become somewhat of a debacle. Um, But I think from my POV, the main point here is that the physical mechanisms that or if the physical mechanisms that make these features possible are literally already inside the car that you own or purchase, whether you subscribe to the feature or not. Um, so if you pay for the feature monthly, the company activates the stuff. If you don't pay for it, it's just kind of like sitting there taunting you. And that's why I think it's a pretty interesting topic because I think it kind of sucks because Subscriptions to the features, it's, there's also a subscription model for cars themselves, but the, which I can speak to also, but the feature subscriptions, there are profits to be had. It's easier to install every feature on a car than activate them a la carte. Um, but it also feels just a little insulting that the concept of having this sort of like dead, deactivated sort of luxury features on a car that I ostensibly own and like is physically in my possession, um, I don't know. I think if I, I think if the features are there, they should be standard or you know enabled and included in the price. It is yeah. so sad to see this model reach out into like like it see it, it. So it another pop another example of this, which which I think drives a, a lot of people in a very different space. Crazy is uh, there's a huge or there has been huge controversy in recent years over the size of uh, video game downloads. So um, big titles like uh, whatever Call of Duty or I don't, you you know name any big multiplayer title. Golden. Um, Maybe not Goldeneye for the N64, <laughs> but um, the uh, like the, those game, the, these new modern games, they're they're absolutely massive in download size, so like like hundreds of gigs, right? And um, 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with that beyond just like it takes really fucking long to download. But um, that is that's one of the larger ones, and it take, you know, it just slows down your computer. But the what's the reason they're so large is not just because you know all these different new graphic fidelity technologies are big. It's also because they're preloading all these things that you have to buy, and pay extra to access afterwards. So kind of the microtransaction model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that on a micro scale all over like the mobile gaming market too, but it's the big ones that are that are doing this because you, you buy this huge $60 thing and you're promised all this stuff and then all of a sudden if you want to make your character whatever, like pink colored, you know, you, you have, or you don't, you know, you ha- you were downloading that skin regardless, right? Um, and that is... That that is exactly what this sounds like in the car world, but somehow even more insulting because it's a car. It's like a, such an expensive thing you buy, um, and it's actually it's actually kind of hilarious to consider that like you you know you, you wake up on like a cold morning in like Minnesota or wherever the hell you live, and you're like oh, I'd really like my my steering wheel to heat up. So you got to call up Tesla and be like, hey, I'd like to activate steering wheel heating, and then they they kind of run you through like the monthly rate and take your credit card. And they're like, all right, it should turn on now. You know, like that is such a ridiculous premise. It's like that, when you you search for a movie or something on a smart TV and it's like, yeah, you can watch, uh, you know, Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom. It's three ninety nine to rent. You're like, oh, it, sh- it should be streaming already. I have seven subscriptions already. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing is that it, it's the the presence of this in cars is really it's almost like the, 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 the boiling water is getting, if you're a frog in a pot, you know, kind of like the water has been slowly heating up and heating up and heating up. And all of a sudden you have to like download steering wheels or something to like actually use your car after you purchasing it. Um, and it's just, it's it kind of, it's everywhere right now, the subscription model. And, and it's, I, I've really been trying to like think through how I feel about it. Because I think my initial reaction is is like I hate it, right? I I want to be able to like buy something and know if I have it or not, and like not yeah. have it be so like determined by whether I'm paying like a monthly rate. Um, and I guess really the question I'm trying to sort through is you know, is this a trend that's being driven by convenience to customers, or is it just being driven by like the upside for companies? Because I can actually see a way in which this could be kind of helpful. Just just trying to think through it, like. Okay, if I buy a car and I don't want to get like the, the craziest trim level, so I can just buy the car that I can afford at the moment. But let's say down the line, financial situation changes or after purchasing it, I actually do figure out like I want to download the kind of rear wheel drive or something like that for a month because I, I'm going to be driving up to the mountains or something like that. It's kind of nice. You could just download it instead of having to like get a different car or like get a different trim level or be upset that you didn't have it. So I can see a world in which it's actually pretty convenient for the consumer where it's like, oh, okay, you can like maybe get things when you want them and, and drop them when you don't um, instead of having to get a whole new whole new vehicle. And, and maybe there's even a way which you could pitch that as being more sustainable. But I think my real concern on this stuff in general, like just like subscription models, is that I think that people are really bad at, at at a measuring long-term or just people really bad at long-term thinking period that like if you say it's ten dollars right now and it's just ten dollars every month it's like not a big deal but all of a sudden like a few years in like you're paying like you pay like 360 dollars for it right um i think i'm getting my math right there but like it's it's like really it sneaks up on you and i frankly don't trust a lot of these companies to like 
keep the financial health of their consumers like at the forefront. I really think they're just trying to show investors or show like board members like how high their like monthly take is based off of the, the, the subscription stuff. And so I'm I think it's I think it's in some ways it can be a good trend for consumers in, in terms of just like convenience. But um, I I I I would expect people to abuse it. I would expect companies to abuse it and to trick people into thinking that they're buying something for cheaper than, than it really is. Um, and that, that just kind of leaves me feeling a little concerned. Um, but then again, I'm always kind of concerned. I'm an anxious guy. So who knows? <laughs> Nick, is there, Nick, is there, are the features like this, this kind of like feature gated um, vehicles and whatnot, are they like, was this is the price intentionally lower than others like is it is it that kind of situation where it's like you're it's only that it, like these things are only available through like the more like lower end more budget friendly cars or i know we're talking about like bmw and tesla but you know they even those companies do have that kind of category covered you mean kind of like do it does ford have this model is that what you're asking i know just like um like if 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 X car uh, is is you know all these new features are behind a, a you know a paywall for lack of a better term, um, is is the car now more affordable to buy it initially? You know. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, that's kind of. I mean, it, I think it depends pretty wildly or widely, um, and it's kind of. I mean, it's it's tied into JD's point. I think that this favors the manufacturer far more than it does the consumer, even considering all the, the conveniences that um, you mentioned, JD, which are very valid points. I mean, it would be cool to be able to just like call up a feature when you need it and get rid of it when you don't. Um, but I think it's kind of like a, it's sort of like a cynical thing, right? It's luxury or at least premium car makers charging or their, their manufacturing exclusivity, right? Where you have this, you've already bought their product, but you have to pay a little more to get the good, the good shit, you know? Um, it's like, this is how I've been thinking about it. Imagine you just upgraded to a new phone, new iPhone, 700, 800 bucks, whatever, however that plays out for you. Uh, but you have to pay, but to use the front facing camera, you have to pay $5 a month. It's like, it's right there. I bought it. It's right there. It's an expected feature of the product. And it should either be built into the full price or not there at all. Like I can, I can understand this in, in pure technology terms, like uh, infotainment system upgrades, whatever Ford does that a lot. I know with their sync system and have just infuriated my parents over the years (laughs) with their cars, but, um, but functions, particularly like super convenient, common safety adjacent stuff like adaptive cruise control if it's there it should be available it in a bmw for sure it's standard on a subaru outback like you buy a base outback for twenty six thousand dollars you have that and a suite of safety technology if you're buying a bmw you should get like (laughs) typical stuff um Regardless of what the price is, even if, you know, without the stuff, the the features uh, activated, it is a little cheaper. The BMW. How, how, how sure are we of this, of this future? I mean, is it, is this just here and this is life now that like, there's no stopping the, the, these car manufacturers of just like making you pay for what is essentially already in the car? Um, or is there some, is this, is this nascent or is this like early enough that it's maybe not? 
we're not totally uh, like so far down the road that there's no turning back. Yeah, I think it's I think you're you're onto something there. It it's pretty nascent at this point. Um, and I'm sure they're kind of like they're in a way kind of beta testing it. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll see some some version of this rollout more permanently, particularly as we get electric cars that are mostly computers uh, with wheels. Um, but what I alluded to earlier is that like actual car subscription models where a company like Audi introduces a model where you can pay a monthly fee and then have access to a car and then swap out your car, whatever insurance is included, maintenance is included. Um, a lot of manufacturers tried that. Audi, Cadillac, uh, BMW, Mercedes, and they all dropped the programs. Um, one I know that is still going is Volvo, and it's pretty cool. I actually priced out a Volvo, like an XC40, their small SUV. 700 bucks, you can subscribe to one, right? Two-year contract, insurance, maintenance, cleaning, like stuff I, I believe cleaning is all included. Whereas... Um, the hell is this? It gets me so mad. I spec'd out a different one on my own um, that I think is pretty equivalent to the one that they're offering for that 700 bucks a month. And just to lease the car was $677 a month with wow. 4K down. So like it's a, it's a huge deal relatively uh, in that sense. But that's, that's a long tangent to say that I think, you know, they're trying this and I, I, I'm sure we'll see it in some form, but if it's like heated steering wheels and stuff, I don't know. My hope is that like the reaction from not just like automotive journalists, but mostly just people who drive cars is so negative that, you know, it's sort of banished into the shadow realm. Like there's, there's, been, there's, been, there's been a couple examples in completely unrelated, uh, you know, spaces of, of bad ideas getting absolutely like posterized across like That's social right. media or whatever websites and, and those ideas then going away. Um, you know, Google, uh, European super league, if you, if you're, if you're into soccer, but, um, there's, it's, I really hope that cause the sound of this and, you know, given I, I don't have a new car right now and I probably won't anytime soon. The sound of this is just like leaves the absolute worst taste in my mouth. And I think yeah. you can like, every time I try to rationalize it, I that I just return to the fact that it, it just is a dis to me, it's a disgusting thing to build a product. And, uh, it, it's like, it's like it's almost like not to return to video game analogies, but like you know you buy people buy the Madden, Madden every year, and they always wonder like oh this new feature that new feature. For every new feature they bring bring in, they remove two old ones so that three years down the line they can bring it. Excuse me, bring it back. Like they've designed these things, and they're just not on the product. You know, they're not available. They kind of it, it's it's just such a it's just a sickening uh, cycle to me. I don't I, I do my, not like it. My my sense of it is that. This will. This is just hits too many of the right notes for how the human brain works. About like having a shorter term kind of uh, easy access to something for like what seems on the on the front to be uh, uh, kind of a low price, mm -hmm. and then getting caught in something for too long. And it works too well for for companies for them not to try it. Um, and so I'm afraid we're just going to end up in this nether realm where it's like, it's in, or maybe in between zone where it's just like it works really well in terms of like functions and how it works for companies, but it's really bad for people. And so it'll just get fought over on the federal level for like regulation forever and nothing will get fixed. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, maybe rich and we'll all die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe maybe us kvetching about it enough can can turn the tide but i'm i'm skeptical uh i'm i'm willing to run the tape out kvetching about this i mean there's so much more some of the like to your point will about like automotive especially just like grumbling about this Two, i'm not gonna i couldn't even begin to touch on the tesla thing which is just infuriating to me mm. the whole story but um let me re just wrap up with a couple of the titles of these posts that we're referencing uh that i think we all read one is uh tesla charging 1500 for quote hardware they already paid for customers <laughs> hardware they already paid for another is bmw wants customers to pay a subscription fee to use features the car already has installed like a heated steering wheel or adaptive cruise control that's a title of a post and someone like took you know took their ire out in like a 20 word title just to like mm -hmm. drive home how crappy this this makes uh, makes you feel so I don't know. Well, I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see the reaction is not like a welcome embrace at the very least. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to get in, into my my basically what amounts to a Flintstones car in context and drive drive pitchforks and torches down to BMW headquarters <laughs> and start protesting at the gates. Um, all right. Well, thanks for letting me vent, guys. Um, of course, we're here for you. <laughs> Thanks. I don't have to pay extra for the moral support. You'll, no, you'll see my invoice soon. Yeah. <laughs> It'll show up as a, like a ghost charge. I'm like, what the hell? Um, canceling it is more more of a pain than just letting it keep charging. Mm -hmm. Okay, third story. Um, uh, sort of uh, adjacent to that story because there are wheels involved. Uh, Airstream. Excellent. Everybody's favorite retro futuristic luxury aluminum camper trailer brand has uh, announced a new collaboration with Pottery Barn, the house, the home goods uh, retailer furniture called the Airstream X Pottery Barn Travel Trailer. Um, this follow, So this launch actually follows a launch of co-branded furniture, Air, Airstream Pottery Barn furniture that's sold in the stores. Um, and this trailer is 28 feet long, which is huge. Uh, it's that familiar Airstream look and shape, but inside it's completely decked out with Pottery Barn furniture and amenities um, and that sort of catalog aesthetic. I've seen, strangely I've seen different cost estimates, but for reference, the original trailer, the 28 foot Airstream, uh, you can buy and then you would customize the interior yourself uh, from the factory. It starts at $101,000, which is no joke, right? Um, but the Pottery Barn collab is priced at over $145,000. So that's a little context for you. Um, I, I feel like I, I dripped in a lot of my own <laughs> bias in my tone of voice there, which I shouldn't have. But Will, I want to go to you as our in-house home and design guru. Among many tone, I think your tone was mostly just sort of like um, carryover from our last conversation. It so was. I'm not, you're right. I'm not I'm, going to hold it against you. I should have. I should have like dunked my head in some ice water or something. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's a uh, it, you know, Air, Airstream is Airstream and Pottery Barn are um, 
Uh, and so in a vacuum, let's talk about what this is in a vacuum, which I think you did uh, almost to a T there. It's a big, huge, it's vacuum. A huge, yeah, it's a, it's a huge MFing trailer, right? 28 feet. It's really expensive. And it looks, if you've ever been inside a pottery barn or been to their website, it looks exactly like that. It's kind of like taupe beige with some light blues and grays. Um, and you know, there's soft linens and blankets and, you know, kind of like grayish particle board, you know, it's, it's, it's what you expect. It, it looks exactly like Pottery Barn, um, which is, you know, what it sets out to do. So that's in a vacuum what it is. It's also quite expensive, of course, but, um, I don't think Airstream is noted for being, you know, a budget friendly company by any means. Um, what I think is interesting is that there are two things there. These companies both have, have done extremely well for themselves. Sorry, my dog just burped next to me. Um, Rosie. Yeah, not interrupting the pod is not. It's okay. gross. Um, uh, these two companies have done extremely well for themselves through the pandemic and, and to be fair, before the pandemic as well. Um, so Airstream in particular was doing really well. And then, you know, the world kind of uh, collapsed, right? And people were all of a sudden kind of driven away from one another. And, you know, especially for people in cities, uh, people were, you know, trying to escape, whether it be through home ownership, um, you know, even, even some people, even as desperate as going to like the kit home and a frame space to have a house put up really quickly somewhere, mm. you know, quote unquote mm -hmm. off the grid. Um, Airstream uh, combined with its like really cool uh, vibey aesthetic and, you know, it's a good company. I'm not going to pretend like they don't make good products. Um, has done like extraordinarily well, you, not even just in like reported sales figures. You can even just look at uh, things like search trends across Google. More people are Googling Airstream. Um, or, or rather, there were like, it was like a 300% increase in 2020 from the year prior. Um, wow. And it's still holding far higher than the average was, you know, in 2019 and 2018 and what have you. Um, people are really interested in these things right now. Um, and the RV and the camper space and the trailer space in general. Um, the, the combination with Pottery Barn, uh, at first I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, you know, it's kind of got this like newlywed trailer vibe, right? Um, <laughs> like in, in, you know, whatever, if you can, you know, you can drop 150 on a, on a, on a trailer, then, you know, by all means, but it's sort of not, I almost use the word sinister or maybe cynical, but those aren't, those aren't right. But it's, it is a homier airstream is what it is. If you look inside the, um, the traditional Airstream lines there, it's not to say they're not comfortable, they look fine, but they, they don't have that like, this is like a place you live aesthetic. Um, I think that this Pottery Barn collab deeper than just like buying like, you know, sheets, blankets, soft goods, like, you know, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera, for your Airstream and or for your regular house. Um, it kind of, to me, is like a, a moment of like, um, the digital nomad thing has like, glowed up to the point where pottery barns like yeah i guess we'll get into that a little bit like you could you could feasibly live in this trailer if you google like can i live in my airstream you find like dozens and dozens of stories about people like oh the the you know the smallest size they're willing to live in blah 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 um and most of those and most of those people are talking like 18 22 foot you know et cetera, et cetera. this is a 28 foot trailer um that is like far more cushy and like fitted to be honest with more you know it, it looks it looks more like a traditional um home would you could this could be your home instead of like owning a home um and as sad as that sounds uh it's more and more appealing right now or it's more appealing right now than it's ever been um yeah and I, I just think that's i think that's kind of an interesting thing to think about is as we kind of like move into this you know people you, digital nomad is kind of the buzzword but uh transient is the other right like where you know you don't if you don't have to live anywhere like where do you live and the answer with something like this is like everywhere you know <laughs> with the roads yeah, this, 
I'll be honest. The main thing I started wondering about as soon as I saw this was just like what other furniture companies would do. I like, I want to see a design competition with like, I want to see the Pottery Barn version. I want to see like the Miller Knoll version. I want to see CB2. <laughs> I want you, get to... The na- you get the name right. Well done. Brand new yeah. name, Miller Knoll. Hey man, I work at a gear site. I'm on top mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it, it's just kind of interesting to see Pottery Barn's aesthetic just like put into a tin can, um, essentially. It's, it's almost <laughs> like kind of, almost like a dollhouse. Um, but mostly, I think the thing I found myself wondering about is just like, I think kind of what you already touched on, uh, uh, is that, is this like the high watermark in terms of perception and like use of road tripping and just like being out in a way from your kind of like central point, or is this just like more of a sign of things to come? Like, could we actually reasonably expect more collabs like this between Airstream and, and other furniture companies or just like other, other types of kind of more mobile, um, or, um, I don't know, otherwise less permanent living situations. Makes me wonder uh, what's the best collab that could come to be with Airstream and like what's the weirdest? Yeah. Um, I could see them pairing with all sorts of different, not just furniture, but like all sorts of different manufacturers. Like, I mean, I could see like an Apple Airstream with their aesthetic inside and like an office. You talk about, you know, remote work. Um, a lot of options there. Or like whatever. What's that company with the, um, the massive bean bags. Oh, the uh, love sack. Love sack. Yeah, get a love sack airstream. It's just like it's just like Honestly, one big uh, like airbag. I, I will say, um, you know, just so you're just so you're up to date on love sack. They actually make more sofas now than they do uh, than they do bean bags. So I don't know, just throwing that out there. And they're actually they're pretty cozy, but I don't know. They loves. I kind of want. I don't remember what it's called. It used to have a funny name. I don't know if it still does, but it, it, it was like it took up like you know like 500 square feet of space like one beanbag and you could like pile an entire family on it that's that's i want like three of those inside the airstream and that's literally it it's literally larger than my apartment yeah, yeah that's incredible. that's like a that sounds problematic for for a few reasons the um i also now have to link to love sack in the mm, description so you do. thanks to myself um so i've used airstreams before i've had i've been lucky enough to like test out a couple and they really are incredible i mean they're gorgeous the manufacturing quality is so good and they strike such a like a desirable unique wonderful profile you'd love to see him travel down the road um dollars is a lot of money i mean it's a lot of damn money it's a house in some places and this is a room <laughs> Um, with ostensibly $45,000 worth of Pottery Barn stuff in it. Um, So it's a little, I don't know, the calculus is a little tough for me to wrap my head around, but in terms of living out of this, I I think I could, but I don't think I could see myself camping out of this. I don't think I could pull this into like a a park, you know, state park in the summer for a week (laughs) and like live in my Pottery Barn. Uh, across from tents and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it feels like more of like that you would rent like a really pretty like you know area like to park your little airstream. It's like by itself, you know, sort of like more uh, picturesque maybe. Yeah, I, I house housing prices are so expensive right now. It almost feels like a deal. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It's what, sad what, that that's the case, right? Like, yeah, like one hundred forty-five. Like I. I was like, yeah, like everything Nick's saying makes sense, but I guarantee that people are going to buy the shit out of this, you know? Like I just, I, I have no doubt in my mind that it'll sell. 
Figure yeah, in I mean, though the cost of a tow vehicle and all your future subscriptions. So you're gonna you're gonna be <laughs> well over 200k. Yeah, between that, the uh, the tow DLC and the uh, uh, Netflix, you you just be broke. Like exactly. when did Spirit Airlines start becoming like the guiding force of product design? You know, like that's, that's my go. greater question. Like because like now you know swipe like a credit card swipe when you're in the bathroom of your Airstream. Like I, I just not. Yeah, sorry. I, I can't, I'm still angry from we're, the previous. Yeah, we're going to play in two segments now. Sorry. JD, I, I interrupted you. We're gonna, you're going to make a point, though, about... Uh, uh, I, I just... I, I, this, you know, I asked a question earlier about is this, this a trend of... Is this, like, high, high watermark for the kind of way of living over the past, like, year and a half, right, of just kind of being more nomadic and being maybe more removed from any particular place, or is it kind of a sign of things to come? Uh, and honestly, like, I, I think I have an answer for my own question and I'm not sure if I have a lot of evidence for it, but it seems to me to be a sign of things to come. I mean, so long as housing is as expensive as it is in the United States. Um, and, and if this trend of like working remotely really persists, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of this type of stuff. Like, I'm not sure if Airstream is going to roll out a huge number of, right. Like, uh, collabs with different furniture companies, but I, I, you know, more than just being a kind of individual release to kind of evaluate. It does strike me as as a, a sign of a kind of coming trend um, of, of of more of a kind of maybe higher touch. Um, not to say that Airstream by itself isn't high touch enough. I think you're right, Nick. They're beautiful, um, but maybe maybe a more tailored kind of uh, approach to living more remotely. Not for you know folks who don't have any other option per se, but just who maybe aren't willing to like or don't see the point in like settling down in any one place um, mm-hmm. and. I'm not sure if that's like a great future, but like it definitely seems to be the one that like the facts on the ground support. And also, I mean, it should it should say like like the there's more to that that ties into um, like the success of or the that trend rather than uh, than just like the pandemic or whatever, right? Like the. Uh, the look of the the look of the of an airstream is like extremely well like it, like I think Nick you described it as like retrofuturism which is I think a good description like that is it's it's beautiful right that's one thing um, I don't know I just I think the I think the uh, there are too many forces working toward um, like something like this being like alternative home ownership that even if airstream isn't like the brand that capitalizes and makes that a reality. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that it'll be pushed that, you know, this is, this is be like the way this category is pushed beyond just like the, Oh, we're going on a summer road trip kind of thing, you know? Um, which is, uh, I would say a a gut check is a sort of a sad, sort of sad future, but, um, you know, whatever, you know, picket fences and for everybody, I guess. (laughs) Gosh, we have a lot of downer segments today. Uh, (laughs) anyway, the future is going to be terrible, but beautiful, um, and mobile. Uh, we're gonna let's cut it off there. We could uh, we could probably really. Uh, I want to end on a really positive note. I want to get the the ear ones in my ears. That's that's my happy send off. Um, so thanks everybody for tuning in, all our listeners out there. Uh, hopefully you like what you hear, like what you have heard, and want to hear more. So you'll subscribe to the podcast and give us a nice little five star rating. Um, you don't have to uh, pay extra to rate us. You know, that, that feature is included. Um, you can also uh, let us know what you think about any of the stories, any of our comments, any of our opinions today, or weigh in with your own, submit your own uh, stories. You can hit us up on social media. Handle is Gear Patrol, one word. You can comment on posts on the site. And you can email us at podcast at gearpatrol.com. 
if you have any questions about anything we covered today, want more information, find a link, do some reading, some research, check the show notes or the post on Gear Patrol where you are listening to this podcast and um, read to your heart's content. JD, Will, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to have you both, of course, and, and chat through all our gear knowledge. Thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. I love talking earwax and you know, pay-for-play subscription models with you anytime. There we go. That's the kind of wit I wanted at the at the end of the, the pod here. Um, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate being here. I'm Nick Caruso, and until next time, take care. <laughs>